Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I'm your host for today's Live Joy, Share Joy. Friends, one thing I know is that all of us have been touched in some way, shape, or form by addiction. And addiction can look like a lot of things. Maybe you have struggled with addiction. On today's program, we are going to explore addiction, but we're also going to explore the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. There's so much more to the rest of the story with this. I've invited my very special friend, Caitlin Good, to come in and talk about her journey with addiction, her journey with the Lord, and the rest of the story. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hi, Deb. Thank you. I am just so thrilled that you have chosen to be here because I know this can be a vulnerable place to be. Yes, it's extremely vulnerable, and I don't think I've actually uh, put my story out there like this in a long time, but um, I know it can be used for God's kingdom, and it can be used to help other people. And so I just want to acknowledge you coming in today, because for others who are listening, we want to express gratitude and also just really acknowledge how much courage it takes to be here And to also encourage other people to stand up in that place of courage in their relationship with God, in whatever struggle that they may be having, because you will inspire others today. So thank you. I hope so. Thank you. I know that you will, because that's what God just does, right? (laughs) Yes. So Caitlin, let's go back to wherever point you feel like, let's start at this point in my journey, because I was curious, like, have you always known the Lord? At what point did things start going amiss? Just let's take us there. Yeah, I think that's a perfect place to start. Um, so I was brought up in a Lutheran church. I did all the things. I was baptized. I went through confirmation classes and all those things. Um, I remember saying that I believe in Jesus Christ who forgave my sins, but I don't think I really understood what that meant. I never, I never made my own decision about it. I just was saying it because I thought that's what I was supposed to say. After I went through confirmation away, I mean, that was the requirement, right? So after that, I kind of stopped going. I didn't really do any of the things. And um, I think maybe not too long after that is when I kind of fell into a rougher track of life. So when you talk about this, I'm, I'm really glad that you're bringing this up because you use the term, it's a requirement. And it, this fascinates me because I think it's going to actually come full circle when we get later into your testimony, when we talk about the word. But one thing that I am really getting more and more aware of is how these little requirements or these little things, that is not relationship with God. Correct. And the words that we say matter, the meaning matters, the feeling behind it matters. And that's what I love about what you're bringing up. We can speak words all day long, but if there's nothing behind it, we're not actually putting movement into the words. We're actually not driving that forward. So I appreciate you bringing this up because my guess is there's a lot of people listening who have had that same, well, I say the words, mm-hmm. I do these things, I, I, I checked off the boxes, yep. but I have nothing. Yeah. So let's start now going into this, the path of destruction starts happening. Talk to us about, I call them points of entry, yes. how that path started happening. I'm not really sure where it started for real, but I know in middle school, you know, I, I saw older siblings getting into alcohol and other substances. And I don't know what intrigued me about it, but I felt like it set them apart. Obviously not in the right way, but I looked up to that. And so it started with drinking. Uh, Eventually it got into drug use, 
only on the weekends because I was a very studious person. I got straight A's. I went to a college prep school. I mean, I was on the right track before that. Um, but pretty soon it was during the weeks and then it was every day. And before I knew it, I had a physical addiction to these substances that I was using. And when that happened, my grades started slipping. I started skipping classes, um, started stealing the car, getting into a lot of trouble. I did a stay in a psych ward when I was 16 because of my addiction. It just all kind of went downhill from there. I ended up going to three different high schools in my four-year high school journey. It's so. really important, I think, to point out that you at first, quote, had it under control. It right. was only on the weekend, it was, right? Because, oh, as long as you do that, it's not a problem, right? Yes. And I think this is the trap that a lot of people start falling into. At some point, it starts overtaking you. And at that point, you literally, like, I, I hate to say it, but like in a sense, you sell your soul yes. to feed the addiction. Well, and I feel like for me, it was maybe almost from the beginning, as soon as I put a substance into my body and I felt the feeling that it gave me, it's like I had nothing else filling that in my heart. And this substance came in and it filled it with a feeling. So I didn't, it felt, I felt other out of myself, out of my skin. I didn't like being in my skin because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the truth of his salvation. I put all my faith into these substances to make me feel something else. As you're talking about this, it just makes me think about whether it's alcohol or drugs or sex or any of the things, right? Yes. It's that void. You're speaking about that void. And you and I both know, like the Lord, Jesus Christ is the only thing that can ultimately fill that void. Yes. He's the answer. He is the answer. So obviously you didn't have, this went on for quite some time. Yes. Um, I split my addiction into like the testing, the tampering around years, and then my hardcore addiction. My hardcore addiction lasted from 16 to 29. And in the course of those years, you know, when it first started, I thought, oh, I'll never do this. I'll never do A, B, or C. Or I might do A, but not B, C, and D, all these things. And eventually, um, eventually all those items got checked off my list. Uh, I moved to Florida far away from any family because I didn't want them seeing what I was doing. I didn't want to answer to them for my lies and my deception. And when I got to Florida, things kind of went downhill. I got involved with the wrong people, the wrong places, all those things. But ultimately, I brought myself there, right? And the, the sickness was inside myself, the sadness, the despair, all of those things. And um, I did all the means of survival that a lot of women do to maintain my addiction. I found my worth in the price somebody was willing to pay me for my body. I found my worth in the amount of drugs I had in my pocket. Um, and that was my life essentially for nine years. As you talk about this now, and we're talking to the you now, the you in Christ, right? Yes. Talk to me about what it's like to in a sense, visit those places, whether it's emotionally, I mean, because we're recalling some of those things. Talk to me about that place. So for me t today, it's kind of a dual-sided coin. Um, I don't, on one side of the coin, I don't regret any of the things that happened to me or that I did because I know all those things got me to where I am today. All those things, all that brokenness led me up to finding Christ. At the same time, I mean, I'm still human, right? And I still have shame over those things. It's like, I'll give it to God and he'll take it away because I know he has. As soon as 
I believed he forgave me of all of that. But at the same time, I think, oh, if this person really knew my whole story, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. They wouldn't want me around their children. They wouldn't want me, they wouldn't want me in their church. And so that fear of judgment, it's, I still take that back daily. Yeah. It's a fight. It's a struggle. And I think for a lot of us that have had a past or have done things, that's what the enemy tries to use. Yes. And, you know, it's so interesting because I was really, I was doing a lot of praying about this conversation that we were going to have. And it was so fascinating because there are so many scriptures that talk about when we have accepted the Lord, he will take all this, right? Like, there are so many, I mean, Psalms fifty fifteen, and call me on the day of trouble, I will deliver you, you will honor me. Like that is, you are now glorifying and honoring God mm. by bringing all of this. And I know that there's somebody listening right now that is probably in the same situation that you were or know someone who is. And I think that can be hopeful too. It, it gives so much hope to people. So when I was first saved, I would go on YouTube and I would look for salvation stories and stories of people when they came to believe in Christ and just their testimonies. And I found a lot of hope and a lot of strength in other people's testimonies that were similar to my own. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I just thank you for saying that. That's one of the goals of our show, right, is to bring these testimonies forward that others may have hope and find even deeper relationship with God or find God in the first place. So talk to us about how you did ultimately find Jesus because you're in the throes of it. Did this, was was God putting people in your path or was it all of a sudden something happened? Well, I think through my whole addiction, God was there because there's situations that I shouldn't have come out of that I did, um, things that probably should have killed me that didn't, um, situations that probably should have, I should have ended up very sick and I came out of it. But when I finally came to salvation, my mom had come down to Michigan to visit me. I had moved from Florida to Michigan. I was in Michigan for a year. She came down to visit me, and I thought she was just coming to see me. And she had come down with the intention of bringing me back here to Minnesota. And God was just working in that week when she was there. She she kept asking me, are you going to come home with me? Why don't you just come back with me? Because I hadn't seen my mom in seven years. And so this was the first time I'd seen her. And something just broke me down. And suddenly I was willing to come back home when I never had been before. And when... um I got home, I thought, you know, it's okay. I can just do the same things that I was doing in Florida and Michigan. I can do them in Bemidji. I've never had a problem finding what I needed or doing what I needed to do to get things done. And when I got back here, it's like God was working. I tried to go downtown and find something, find my substances, and I couldn't find anything. He kept putting these roadblocks in my path. And so I went through a detox that was probably the worst detox I've ever went through in my life. I was having night paralysis where I would wake up in my bed and I wouldn't be able to move and I would feel like there was this dark presence around me. And it scared me. I mean, I've had a lot of scary stuff happen, but that really, it frightened me. I was afraid to die, but because I was afraid to live the way I had kept living the past nine years. And um, I prayed to God. I had done a lot of foxhole prayers in jail when I would get arrested, but this was a different kind of prayer. I just... And I can't remember verbatim what I prayed, but it was like, God, if you are willing to help me, I am willing to try. And I didn't, I didn't believe in that moment in Jesus, but it started me down the path of finding him. 
I hate to take a pause right here, but we are going to take a pause. Maybe it's good. We can just take a moment to say, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus, right? We are talking with Caitlin Good. We're talking about joy and addiction, and we are going to get to even more of the joy of her coming to the Lord and how God is now using this testimony. We'll be back after a brief pause. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice, serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy and Live Joy, Share Joy. I like to be infused with joy all the time. Every Monday through Friday, I do an Infusion of Joy video on Facebook and Instagram. I cover a topic related to joy and provide insights, perspectives, and distinctions, as well as offer an opportunity for you to continue digging even deeper into your own joy. Make sure you're following me on the Life Full of Joy Facebook page and on Instagram at Live Joy, Share Joy. Nourishing Ways by Kelly Joe, personalized nutrition coaching designed to help women ditch dieting for good and cultivate confidence in themselves so they can nourish their bodies with the food they love without the stress and guilt. Hi, I'm Kelly Joe. I have over 20 years working as a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor. Let me help you live the joy-filled life you crave. Contact me today on Facebook at Nourishing Ways, that's W-E-I-G-H-S, or call me today at 218-368-4911. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Caitlin Good, and we are talking about joy and addiction. And going into the break, Caitlin, you are taking this amazing moment. You're praying, and you're t- saying, God, like, hello, are you there? Mm-hmm. If you are, this is it. I need you. As I kind of, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely it. I knew if I had, if I was experiencing darkness like that, then there had to be light. And so... I prayed to God because I don't know if maybe some of my upbringing had stuck or what it was, but I, I prayed to God and I asked him, if you can help me, I, I'll walk with you. You know, if you can get me out of this, please help me. And um, I, like I said, I'd been going through detox. I had the obsession in my mind, all I could think about, finding ways to get more and, and using. And the next morning I woke up and that obsession was gone. I was suddenly okay. I had been unwilling to go to treatment before, and suddenly I was willing. It's like he changed something in me. And I didn't know Jesus yet, but he was already working in me. And from that experience, I thought, this is miraculous. He answered my prayer. He's got to be real. 
And that started me on this path of praying. I just did these daily devotionals. I didn't even really know what I was reading, but I knew there was power in it because I started seeing things change, feeling my heart change. And um, it was around midnight, October 30th of 2019, I think I had done some, I swore I had taken the Lord's name in vain or something like that. And I thought, oh, that was wrong. I need to ask for forgiveness. And in my prayer asking for forgiveness, I thought, what about all these other things that I have done wrong? And at the time, I didn't realize like the penalty for sin is death. Regardless, you can ask forgiveness, but the penalty of sin is still death. And at the time, I thought, what about all these things I've, I've done? I can ask for forgiveness all day, every day for the rest of my life, and it still won't cover all of that. And it clicked. And I don't know how or why in that moment or what changed, but I understood, Jesus, I can't, I can't abolish my own sins. I can't get rid of my own sins. But Jesus can because he was sinless. He was sinless, and he died for my sins. That means he's the only one that can make up for that. And it just it clicked in my mind, and suddenly it was like a light turned on in me. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to know more about Jesus. I wanted to know what God had to say about this. And before I would read the Bible, and it, it, it was like gibberish to me. I couldn't get into it. I didn't understand. And all of a sudden, it's like I yearned for more. I just wanted to get in there, and I'd go in the concordance, and I'd go online and say, okay, what does this verse mean? How is this verse interpreted? What does this person say about this? It just it changed my life. Suddenly, there was an answer for everything. It all made sense. Praise the Lord. I mean, I'm just, it's like the scales are removed from your eyes, right? Yes. Like it's, it's, this is a typical Saul to Paul concept, right? Yes. One of the things that is just inspiring me so much about what you're talking about is even that little thing of, oh, all of a sudden I swore and it didn't feel right. When you start to know the Lord, when he is working in you, mm-hmm. you just can't do the things anymore, right, that you used to do, right? Because it doesn't feel right. There's like a disconnect and the, the spirit just goes, it screams out and says, no, no, right? Yes. It's crazy how that works. I mean, I, I held so many ideals and beliefs before I was saved that were against what you would say biblical. I mean, I was pro this, pro that, pro everything. And I... At first, when I started reading the Bible, I would come across something that would refute that. And I would think, oh, I wonder if that's right, though. But eventually, I started reading, and I changed my—it's not that I changed them. God changed my beliefs and my values and my ideals to match His. It's like I suddenly realized, oh, that's not right. Why am I living this way? I need to live—I need to live for God. I need to live in His will. Amen. One of the things that you had said to me is that it was only through the Word— that you could not only address the addiction, but to continue to stay sober, clean, all of the things, to, to fill the void. Let's yes. talk about the fill the void. Yeah. Talk to me about that, because I think for a lot of people, they might accept the Lord, but then they don't dig into the Word, or they don't right. do the, the other things to keep that void filled. Well, I think part, I mean, besides the Bible being the truth, I mean, it, Jesus is the cornerstone, and He's the Word, Right. Besides that, as I read the Bible, I read all these stories about these flawed people that God used for his kingdom. And I think my perception before I was saved of the Bible was that, oh, these were all goody-two-shoes people that did nothing wrong. And as I read, I was just, I couldn't believe how wrong I was about that. I mean, God used people in their darkest times, in their roughest trials, and he used them for good. I'm a sinner, but he can still use me. Amen. Well, I even love scripturally. I mean, 
Jesus ate with everybody. Yes. He ate with everybody. Mm -hmm. The people who thought they were the creme de la creme and the people who were the poorest of the poor. He ate with them all. Yeah. And he did not judge. And that's that's one thing I just love about being reminded of that in the scripture. I'm thinking about your mom Hmm. and her commitment. I could just get teary-eyed about this and her commitment to you, her commitment to never stopping, never stopping her love for you never stopping her belief that you were going to come to know the Lord. Talk to me about this relationship with your mom. Um, in my addiction, I, I experienced things differently. I would put my own spin on things and would create a narrative for situations that didn't really happen. And this happened between me and my mom, and I, I, I blamed her for some things that she didn't really do. And so I fell away from her, and I, I didn't communicate with her. I cut ties and for nine, seven to nine years, I didn't talk to her because I thought she did these things that she didn't do. And really, it was, it was me, right? I'm the one that put this distance between us. But she prayed for me daily all those years. And um, when she found out I was in Michigan, she put down everything to come and get me. And she, she put all her strength into getting me back here. And even through my detox, I mean, I was, I was horrible. I was not the person I am today. I was swearing at her, calling her all sorts of names, tearing the house up. I mean, I, I was broken. I was in pain. And she, she didn't have to stick by that. All the things I did to her, I mean, I stole from her. I lied to her. I cheated her. She didn't have to do that, but she did. And um, still today, she's my best friend today. She is my best friend. She knows almost everything about my past, and she's stuck. Yeah, she's my biggest advocate. Yeah, aside from Jesus. Yeah. I love hearing this because I think there are probably people that need to hear this today, right? That whether it's a child or a parent, a grandparent, mm-hmm. cousin, we all know someone struggling with addiction. Yeah. And as we said before, it doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs. There's a addiction covers a lot of things. Oh, Netflix, cell phones, Instagram. I mean, that's that's big these days. Yeah, absolutely. Pornography, gambling, all sorts of things. So I'm curious what you would tell the person who is the your mom in the situation, the person who knows someone who is struggling. What is the biggest encouragement you would want to give them? I think s- sitting where I'm at today, I would say you can you can love that person without enabling them. I think the best thing that my mom did for me was she did not enable me. If I would call her and ask her for money, she would not send it to me. You know, she said, I love you, but you can't be in my house. And it may not happen right away, but eventually, eventually I had nowhere to go. Eventually I had no hope. But I knew she loved me and I knew that she was there for me. Yeah. And I believe deep down that there was that little voice of Jesus that was just there. It was there, yeah. right? And it just needed to come out that like, I love what you said about, I knew if there was this much darkness, there had to be light. I I love that. That that should be on a bumper sticker because I think sometimes we need to have that much darkness to know that there's a light, that there is another option. What advice would you give to someone who may be listening right now that is still in that place of addiction? Oh, geez, there's, there's so much. I think it's a spin on the actual phrase, but pain divided is pain shared. The pain that you're experiencing, the brokenness you're experiencing, the hurt you're experiencing, that doesn't have to be it. 
you can have a new life in Jesus Christ. He wants you. He wants to redeem you and forgive you and grant you everlasting life. And sometimes that's hard to comprehend. But when he comes down and he fills your soul, it's like you see it. You see the light. You see the truth. You see the possibility. Yeah. And so never stop hoping for that. Yeah. Well, and it's also a reminder to me that all of us walking with the Lord, our example matters. Yes. Definitely. And the love we I, I did a video about the legacy of love. And I feel like this is Jesus, right? He calls us to love. But how many times do we see something and there's the judgment? I call it the big J wants to come in. Yes. And we're called to love. No matter where someone is at in that journey, we are still called to love. But I love also what you said about you can love without enabling. Yes, that's huge. And there's a distinction there. Yes. And so who one day may look at us and say, you're the reason I chose to get clean. You're the re- reason I chose to make the call. Mm-hmm. You're the reason I chose to pick up the, the word and actually get into it. You can plant seeds in a person's life. Yeah. Jesus will plant seeds through you in a person's life. Yeah. And I love that we can plant the seed and then release and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Yeah, it may, they, it may not sprout the next day or a month or even five years from now, but he's always planting and he's always growing. Amen. Do you have a favorite scripture verse that you always go to that it's your go-to one? Um, so I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's my eyes are ever on the Lord. Only he will release my feet from the snare. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when I came out of my addiction, it was because because of God, because of Jesus. And so I know if I keep my eyes on him, he'll keep my feet clear. Amen. Yeah. Caitlin, I am just so thrilled that you've come in to join us today. I feel like it's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's revealing. It's vulnerable. It's Mm -hmm. courageous. It's all of the above. You are a blessing. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. And I just pray that God continues to be glorified through your testimony through your witnessing, I just, I just know he's got things for you, girl. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be another journey, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the kind filled with light, and we like that, right? Yeah, I'm open to it. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. It's a pleasure. We want to thank all of you for choosing to listen today. We're thanking Caitlin Good for coming in to talk about joy and addiction. We're thanking Philip Elke for engineering today's program. And we want to remind you that your hope is in Jesus Christ. And we also want to remind you to live, share, and lead with joy. This is Deb McGregor. Have a great day. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.